0: God, please use what we've talked about in these 10 sessions. And now in this last one, our 10th one, God, grow our church, strengthen our church, build up our church, make it the kind of church that you want it to be. I pray it'd be a place where we are all growing, God, um, from the the leaders all the way down to the new people, God, that we are all growing, that we are all built up in love. Let that be the case, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, chapter, or session 10, excuse me is called running a marathon, and that's where you might feel like two, three to four hour Saturday mornings, I need a nap because it feels like I've run a marathon, right? We've talked about a lot over these past uh, couple weeks in these two mornings. We've covered a lot of topics, and I hope that you're fired up, I hope that maybe you feel even empowered, and hey, there's some practical things that I want to go do that maybe that'll help me do this better than I've ever done it before. And I hope that this has a real effect on our church, that because we've spent these two mornings doing this, our church is a stronger place where more people are growing than before. I mean, I don't think anything in the world could make me happier than seeing our church being strong and healthy. Basically, I mean, if my home family and my church family are strong and healthy and seeking the Lord, I don't care what else is going on in my life, I'll be a happy man, right? That's what I want more than anything. And two possible outcomes that I'm concerned with that I want to address uh, based on these two mornings of you. One possible outcome that I'm concerned for each of you would be that you leave here on fire, which, hey, that would be a good thing, and and you text all of your friends encouraging things today. You schedule coffee or a meal with with everybody in your life group over the next week, right? Every single night next week, somebody's coming over for dinner, right? You, You are shot out of here like a cannonball, and then two weeks from now, a month from now, you look around, and you're like, Things don't seem to be that different, and I'm just busier and tired, right? Whatever. And you, you just go back to the way things were before we ever talked about any of these things. That is one concern I want to address, and that's why this is called a marathon, right? We are. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And that's why even when it comes to ministry, one of the favorite images that the Bible uses is sowing and reaping, Right? I don't care what you go sow today; you ain't reaping nothing tomorrow, right? I'm, I'm, I'm from a strictly agricultural sense. Thankful in ministry, sometimes you do so, and there's an immediate reaping. That does happen sometimes spiritually, but again, that's probably the exception, not the rule. Sowing and reaping, farming takes time. Sowing the plowing the soil, sowing it, and then just waiting, right? There's a lot of that involved. In ministry and if you think hey I'm just gonna leave here today I'm gonna do some things different and it's gonna be this whole new crazy world I don't think so but I think if we leave here today and we start doing these things and we start doing them over time and probably even maybe this is session 11 when we get there whenever we do um, doing it at a sustainable pace right when we start doing that what we're gonna see I think is not like whoa we're gonna come to church next week and be like this is such a different place But I think we might come to church next year and feel that way. And in two years, and in 10 years, and Lord willing, as long as it is until Jesus comes back, we'll see these changes. It's sowing and reaping. So I hope you leave here fired up. And I hope you leave here and you do some things different this week than you did last week. But I hope you don't get disappointed when the world doesn't change overnight as a result. So and you will reap. And that's why Galatians 6.10 is there saying, hey, don't give up doing what is good for in due time. And sometimes we don't know when that's going to be. There's going to be fruit sometimes, and we'll talk about this, that we can't see. Keep doing what's right. The second possible outcome that I'm concerned about is that you would leave here on a pedestal and you would think, I went to the equipped on spiritual leadership. Therefore, I am A qualified bona fide certified spiritual leader and I am now the oracle of Compass Bible Church right the doctor is in if anybody needs help with anything I've got all the answers just just come my way right also outcome that I would encourage us to avoid that is not what we want we are all needy we all need to grow we need each other right And we need to even be open. You need to leave here. One thing I hope you realize is, wow, not only do other people need me, I need other people, right? These are important things for us. So as we think through those things, there's three closing words that I want to give you. And for those that have been a part of kind of the team from day one at this church or even before we launched, this has become a mantra Uh, to some extent for some of us, but those three words are prayer, patience, and persistence. Prayer, patience, and persistence. We want to uh, focus on these things. First, the subject of prayer. We want to give everything to God in prayer. And we need to remember what we want to see happen. People growing, people getting saved, people changing, new leaders being raised up, these are humanly impossible tasks. You cannot change anybody. You can't tap into somebody's heart and punch in some code and make them different. You can't do it. We need to pray, because we need to talk to the one who can do it. I I mean, maybe you're dealing with somebody that's, that's not saved, right? Can you change their heart? Can you open up the eyes that are blind? No, you can't. Maybe you're, you're talking to somebody who is just kind of spiritually sluggish, right? And is not running as fast as they could. Can you reach in and change their heart and fire them up? No, you can't. We need to pray. Trying to fight for growth and change or even salvation in other people without prayer is kind of like trying to uh, fight brain cancer with a bottle of aspirin, right? It it might relieve some of the symptoms, but it's not going to solve any of the problems. We need to talk to the master surgeon, right? To the one that can change hearts, change minds, change lives, and we need to pour our hearts out to him. Uh, Another reason that prayer is important is you can't see people's hearts. I hope that's come up many times this morning, right? You're talking to somebody about whether or not they're really saved, Can you see their heart? Do you know if they're really saved or not? Lots of times the answer is no. So what do you need to do? You need to talk to the person that does see their heart, that does know, right? You're talking to somebody about something that's going on in lives. Can you really tell what was going on in their heart when they said this or when they did that? Lots of times, no. Most of the time, no. You need to talk to the one that can. And so I hope you leave here and you consistently pray. For other people, you know, especially if you're in a life group, man, be praying for those people. That's something I hopefully make clear with all the leaders. Hey, you need to pray regularly. Man, how much stronger would our groups be if everybody in the group was praying for everybody in the group? That's what we need. Be praying for the people that God has put you alongside consistently. Pray for them. Prayer. Next of the three words there is patience. Like we already talked about, change doesn't always happen overnight. Sometimes it does, praise God. But as I always said, I think that's the exception rather than the rule. And that's why we get back to long suffering. Like if you want to be a spiritual leader, get ready to experience frustration and just to be okay with that, right? And to say, hey, this person isn't growing like I hope they would or they're not getting this like I hope they would, but I'm going to live with that and I'm going to keep loving them and I'm going to keep... Taken opportunities to, to minister to them. I mean, we even used, you know, shape up as a phrase. I mean, one thing we want to avoid in most cases is a shape up or ship out kind of mentality. That's not what we want to give to other people unless there is open, unrepentant sin. All right, it's going to get to that point. But even then, it's only after we've exhausted every other option and been patient with the person and tried to work with that person. And that's where it's helpful for you to remember God's patience towards you remember God's patience towards you can't you remember you know some things maybe that it took you a little while I mean remember God's patience with you before you were saved and some of you you're like yikes I can't believe I'm still alive right but look how patient God was with me and he was keeping me alive until I met Jesus Christ and then think about God's patience with you since you've been saved I mean, not everybody just gets, you know, complete sanctification overnight like I did when I became a Christian. No, kidding. <laughs> kidding. Joke, joke, right? No, we're all still in process, and we've all been stupid as Christians, right? We've done things we look back on and said, oh, man, I can't believe I did that. And did God give up, uh, give up on us in that moment? No, he was patient with us. And I think this is so important for us in ministry. Last year I was listening to an interview with a pastor who was celebrating his 50th anniversary at the same church. That's a long, long time, right? And I'm here, I'm in the first year as kind of the lead pastor at a church. So my ears are open, right? Teach me, because you've been doing this for 50 years, I've been doing it for like 50 days. I'm, I'm all open, Right? And somebody was asking him, he hadn't started this church, he had come to this church, and they were asking him what it was like when he got there, and he was talking about when I got there, there were some things that really concerned me. He was talking about there were people that were in leadership at the church that I wasn't even sure if they were Christians. And there were some things going on at the church that that's definitely not the way I would do it, so that I you know The interviewer is saying, well what, well, what did you do? And if you know this particular pastor, you'd kind of think of him as somebody who would say, well, I threw those people out of leadership and I drew a line in the sand over all these things and we made it through. But no, he instead he said this, he said, I was just patient and just kept preaching the Bible and let the Bible do its work. And he said something that I'll never, I'll never forget. He said, everybody is where they are because they were led there by someone they know and trust right? And he had to realize, as the new guy, these people, they don't know me yet. They don't trust me yet. And they might hold to some things that I think are maybe, well, some might just be different than what I would think. Some, I think, might not be right. But lots of times, they were led there by somebody they know and trust. Might be somebody that led them to the Lord, a pastor, or somebody that they used to have. And I need to be patient and, and, and work with people over time. And I think that's a good word for us, even as still a young church, right? A church that's just over a year old but we're still seeing a lot of new people come overnight and you might talk to them and be like i wouldn't explain my testimony that way or if i wouldn't raise my kids that way or i wouldn't say this thing over here and you need to remember they're where they are because they were led there by someone that they know and trust and what i can tell you is they probably don't know or trust you yet And that's why even we're doing some of this in order of building that relationship, investing in them, getting to know them, and then as we get to know them, there's more and more opportunities to spur each other on. And maybe to have some of those conversations and remembering, hey, it's not gonna be us doing the heavy lifting. It's gonna be God doing the work in their hearts. From years of ministry and counseling, let me tell you, no amount of strategy or counsel can replace God putting something on somebody's heart, right? I'm reminded of that all the time where I'm just like, well, oh, how is this going to work out? And pfft, God changes somebody's heart and boom, there we are. And it was nothing I did. It was nothing I said. It was all God. What a beautiful thing. But let's be, let's be patient. Let's wait for him to work. And so what are we supposed to do while we're waiting? Well, that doesn't mean we just give up and twiddle our thumbs. That's, that gets us to the third word, persistence. Right? We want to... Think about sowing and reaping. We want to keep on sowing. We want to keep on plowing. We want to keep on doing the best that we can do. And I want to encourage you, again, hopefully you go out there and you do some things this week, and it might not lead to immediate results. And when it does, don't throw it all out the window. Keep doing these things. Keep encouraging other people every day over time for the long haul. Keep praying for people over the long haul. And that's where even one... Thing, I think that's helpful even in ministry, something I've been taught over the years, this idea of run with the runners, that there's going to be people that God opens a door for you to minister to them. Lots of times it might be a beneficial, a mutually beneficial relationship or people that they're coming to you and they really seem to be tracking, you know, hey, pour your time into those people. What a lot of people do is the people that, hey, I'm getting nowhere with, and, and we obsess over that to a point that I think is don't helpful, or we try to maybe push that onto somebody that's not ready And that gets us frustrated that might get them frustrated and it doesn't work out run with the runners those that are eager and And willing and we see that benefit give a lot of our attention there and then okay Well, what about the person that doesn't seem to be tracking forget about them? No Without maybe making them the exclusive, you know, I'm gonna pour everything into this person that doesn't seem open to it. Just be prayerful patient and persistent, right? That doesn't mean, hey, never talk to that person. Maybe keep trying to have those conversations, but being sensitive, hey, the door doesn't seem open yet. That doesn't mean I'm not going to come back and knock again, but I'm going to wait for that door to be open. And maybe sometimes the door gets opened a little crack. Take advantage of that without trying to knock the door over, right? Keep being persistent. With those that are tracking, hey, run with them. With those that aren't, keep being inviting towards them. Keep praying for them, keep taking advantage of that, because this isn't a sprint; it's a marathon. And really, it's not—it's not even a marathon. I mean, it's—it's it's a journey. We're making a pilgrimage, like we're on the Oregon Trail, right? And, and our churches are a little wagon train, right? And we're making this journey together. And we're going to have to realize, hey, some of these people that are in the wagon next to us—they're going to be there for a while, and I want to build that relationship with them even that's ready for the long haul. And that's what we want to see. We want to see, we're on a pilgrimage, not to Oregon, um, thank the Lord, but a pilgrimage toward the new Jerusalem, which is a much better destination, in my opinion. Um, Much better destination. And we're traveling together, and I hope that over these last 10 sessions, we've seen some things that will help guide us and make us an effective team. And when we need to circle the wagons, we'll do that and we'll be unified and we'll all be going faster. We'll be making this journey better and we'll enjoy it even together a lot more when we're doing these things. And I hope that God uses these Saturday mornings that we spent to accomplish great things. But again, am I expecting to show up at church tomorrow and have it feel a lot like church last week? Yeah. But I hope as we do these things, as we sow over time, we're going to reap a benefit, and we're going to reap not a chubby church, a strong church that I hope God uses to glorify himself.